Welcome to Journeys into Wonder. Into Wonder. 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 Join us to discover our remarkable universe. Today's episode, Time. Let's take a journey into time. What is time? It's a difficult question to answer. Go on, give it a try. If you struggle to come up with a meaningful definition, then you're not alone because nobody really knows what time is. We know it's there, we know it's passing, and we know that all things are somewhere in time, but we can't say exactly what time itself is. But this quandary has not always troubled mankind, for time is a relatively modern concept. All through human prehistory, and even as late as the ancient Mesopotamian period, time was thought not to exist. Time. The Mesopotamians considered all events to be taking place simultaneously, and their histories are arranged not chronologically, but spatially. When writing of a great king, for instance, events are ordered by the location they occurred from north to south, with the king's marriage sometimes coming before his birth and after his death, and there is no indication as to whether the king lived centuries ago or was not yet born. To the Mesopotamians, past, present, and future were all of a piece. It was the ancient Chinese who first developed a concept we would recognize today as time. That is, a kind of invisible, ceaseless, and unidirectional flow which cannot be directly perceived, but in which all events are precisely situated. The Chinese were also the first to record and measure time, using a system based on dried tortoise shells. A day was represented by a shell, which at dawn would be broken up into pieces, with each piece representing a segment of the day. The days were counted by storing unbroken tortoise shells in buckets, and the buckets proceeded by colour. First red, then blue, then red again, then black. Each time a full moon appeared, the buckets would be emptied and new shells gathered. It was not a very consistent system. If someone said, meet me at the start of piece six of the fourth shell of next red bucket, then your arrival time would depend on how your shell cracked and how big your bucket was. As a result, misunderstandings were common. Attempts to standardize the bucket size led to the Chen Shang Rebellion and decades of bloody warfare. The ancient Egyptians were the first to create the sundial, which allowed them to mark time according to the passage of the sun across the sky. They split each day into twelve segments of varying length, and dedicated each segment to one of their twelve gods. The first segment belonged to the god Horus, which is where we get the word hour. The Greeks later made important improvements to the Egyptian system and passed it on to the Romans, who ultimately spread it across the Western world. It was a fairly robust system, though the varying length of the hours still led to misunderstandings, with important hours lasting three times as long as dull hours. The Romans were the first to carefully measure time at a longer scale, 
Years were named after animals with increasing numbers of legs, beginning with snail, then chicken, parrot, horse, and so on. And the months were named after Roman emperors. Each time a new emperor came to power, a new month was added, which soon meant the years were far too long. Consequently, a system of reverse months was put in place, in which backwards-running months were inserted in the calendar, so as to prevent the year getting too far ahead of itself. The reverse months caused a lot of confusion, and people would sometimes use them to renege on debts or escape marriages. On the other side of the world, the ancient Mayan people were creating an even more complex calendar. Their method was based on concentric circles, with each year identified by its position within a circular period of three years, which was referred to by its position within a period of five years, which fit into an eight-year period followed by 13 years, 21 years, and so on, up into the tens of thousands. Concentric circles. Understanding the system required such a profound grasp of advanced mathematics that only the priests who spent their entire lives studying it had any idea what year it was, and even those priests frequently died of old age before they had completed their training. In Europe, long after Rome had fallen, the old Roman system of time remained in place. It wasn't until the 16th century that Pope Gregory XIII finally ushered in modernizations. The length of the hours was standardized, primarily to prevent long lunches among the peasantry, which were believed to cause atheism. The years would now be numbered instead of named, starting with the year that Jesus led his armies into Babylon. Finally, the months were reduced to 12 in number, matching the cycles of the moon, and were renamed in honor of Pope Gregory's 12 favorite prostitutes. This system was briefly supplanted after the French Revolution, when that nation's government created their own system of measuring time. The new revolutionary calendar was based on egalitarian ideals and therefore gave all periods of time from an hour up to a year the same duration. This new approach became fashionable across Europe and Russia, but the whole system was returned to its older form a decade later when Napoleon became ruler of France. As the great European powers spread their armies across the globe in the race to add countries to their empires, they also spread their method from reckoning time until it had become the standard worldwide. But by the turn of the 20th century, the fast pace of life demanded further innovation. The hour was split into 60 segments called minutes, and after World War I, the minutes were further divided into 60 segments called seconds. Thus, the familiar modern system of time was at last in place. Yet even as methods for measuring time were standardized, advances in science were undermining the notion of time itself. In 1915, Albert Einstein discovered that space and time are fundamentally linked, so that one may appreciably slow the objective movement of time by lying on the ground or speed it up by standing on a chair. Soon after, Max Planck famously showed that one can travel backwards and forwards in time simply by making sudden darting movements to the left or right. In the 1960s, scientists studying psychedelic practices made further astonishing discoveries, 
including the revelation that certain mushrooms allow a person who ingests them to control time. This was notably demonstrated by the American psychologist Dr. Timothy Leary when he was sentenced to a year's imprisonment in 1965. By consuming a large quantity of Mexican mushrooms, Leary was able to leave prison at the end of his sentence before he had arrived to begin it. In the decades that followed, scientists have continued to upend traditional views of time. With the development of curly string theory, modern science has arrived at the very same conclusion reached by the ancient Mesopotamians, namely, that time simply does not exist. It may be hard to believe, but the experimental evidence continues to substantiate the theory. You may possess the notion that time exists and is passing in a reliable and linear fashion. You may think that ten minutes have passed while you've been listening to this program, or that the coal man is due tomorrow morning, or that your birth is in the past and your death is in the future. All these sensations are, quite simply, wrong. There is no such thing as time. At this point, we would normally invite you to join us next time for another episode of Journeys into Wonder. But if there is no time, then there is no next time. Let's just say then, that we hope you will join us again, or before, or never, or always, for more or less, journeys into wonder.